Welcome to the Marketing Automation Moment podcast. I'm Hannah Kelly. And I'm Mike Maynard. This is Napier's podcast to tell you about the latest news from the world of marketing automation. Welcome to Marketing Automation Moment. It's great to have you with us this week. Yeah, we've got a great discussion this week. Hannah and I talk about forms and I discuss why I think third-party form vendors are still so successful. And I talk about why I love lead scoring. And I have some strong views on whether or not you should use software review sites like G2 to determine which marketing automation system you use. So the first thing I wanted to address, I came across a cool report which has some mind-blowing figures, Mike, and I not sure if they'll blow your mind as well but the marketer automation market is actually looking to be valued at nearly 47 billion by 2027 and don't be wrong I don't live under a rock so I know that digital marketing is accelerating we've had COVID we've had everything like that but the numbers did actually kind of blow my mind a little bit are you as shocked as I am? Well, I mean, I think it means that NAPE is only going to take about half the market with that rate, so <laughs> it's going to be a struggle. Seriously, it is a, a mind-boggling amount, $50 billion. But I, th- I was also impressed by the growth rate as well. I mean, they're talking about a 14% a year growth rate. You know, in, in an industry where it feels like pretty much everybody already has bought marketing automation. So, you know, the fact that, that this industry is still growing so quickly at, and at a point where the technology, frankly, is getting simpler and cheaper... it's just incredible. I mean, and clearly I think it shows the value of marketing automation. Yeah, it's pretty epic, especially when you're looking at figures like that. And I would say actually it's going for 75% of the market, not 50%. Let's aim for the stars at least, you know? (laughs) Yeah, stretch girl. Yeah, stretch Stretch girl. girl. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it's clear, you know, the marketing automation market is booming. And I'm really intrigued, you know, we enjoy a debate between ourselves, Mike. And one of the things that's interested me is that G2, who are a technology review platform, have actually released their badges and rankings of marketing automation platforms. And what's been quite interesting in my eyes is that Acton, one of the marketing automation platforms, has come out quite well. We've got quite a few significant badges, such as most implementable, But my question is, what about the big guys? So you've got HubSpot, you've got Pardot, you've got Marketo. Are they, are these reviews true? Or have they perhaps been a little bit swayed by the customer reviews? Yeah, well, what what you're really asking is, how comes the cult of of HubSpot hasn't caused HubSpot to win everything? (laughs) Um, You know, I I think it's funny. I, I like G2, I use G2, like most people. But the reality is, I think anyone who's ever placed a review knows that once you place a review, you get endless offers to place more reviews and uh, promises of uh, money and bribery to do that. And that probably isn't the best way to get, you know, independent and accurate uh, reviews, do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that you say about bribery, because almost playing a devil's advocate is, is so much of it bribery that actually the reviews can't be trusted at all. Or should big players like Marketo and Pardot actually be worried because Acton is actually the best platform according to the customers out there? Well, I think the problem with these platforms is that they're actually not doing comparisons. What they're doing is they're asking users how easy it is to implement the the platform, for example. And I'm pretty certain that none of those users have implemented all the marketing automation platforms and can then give a, a relatively independent rating. So it's really how easy is it versus expectations. 
And, and let's be honest, I mean, Acton's, you know, it's not one of the biggest, but actually it's a pretty good marketing automation platform. So, I mean, I think good luck to them. You know, th these reviews, they do tell you something. It does say that Acton actually is not that difficult to, to implement. Yeah. And I think that's useful. Is it the easiest? Yeah, maybe not. But, you know, that, that's not the point. It's telling you that here's where the key benefits of Acton are. And you can look at that and compare it to, you know, for example, a HubSpot, which might rank, you know, really high in ease of use, for example, rather than implementation. I, I think these things really do work. And even though you've got to take with a little bit of pinch of salt some of the ratings, you know, I'd say it, it it's, it's great. And actually, we should, you know, applaud Acton for, for having done such a good job of getting its fans to review the product. Yeah, I was about to say, you know, really, they've got a bit of great promotion here, because in my opinion, and you might disagree, I don't think Acton is in the same league as HubSpot and Pardot and Marketo. So actually, what they've done is generate a great bit of PR for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Although, you know, Acton fits a certain uh, sort of market, which is, you know, typically much smaller than than some of the big guys. And those guys probably would hate something like a Marketo. So um, I, I think they've done a great job and they've, they've created some great PR out of it. So hats off to them. They've, they've done well. So moving on, I want to talk about a topic I think a lot of B2B marketers get frustrated by, and that is bots. Now, bots do things such as skew email marketing reports, they skew form submissions. Every B2B marketer is facing a challenge with this at the moment. But one thing that we came across was that actually Google were introducing a capture integration. And as I understand it, this is going to help companies determine if the form was actually legitimately completed by a lead or a bot. And you're definitely the more technical one out of us both, Mike. Can you explain a bit more to me and to the listeners what that actually what's that actually going to do for campaigns? Yeah, so what Google's done is they've released a new version of their capture tool, so Capture 3, and it's been uh, adopted by people like Marketo. And what Google is trying to do is they're trying to make the process of, you know, determining whether someone at the other end of a, 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 an internet connection is a human or not a little bit easier for that person at the end. And so... I don't know, you know, if you remember, it used to be you had all those messed up letters. And what you had to do was you had to work out what those letters were. And, it, you know, actually, sometimes it was really difficult. And then you got Google who actually realized that they could use the capture to generate useful information. So now you get asked, you know, can you show me, you click all the pictures on stairs. Mm -hmm. And what they will do is they'll ask you often twice. And the reason is, is the first time is to make sure you match the answers of other people. If you do, you're probably a human because you've recognized <laughs> the stairs. And then the second time, once they trust you, then they'll ask you something and you start setting the benchmark. So quite often you get two sets of, of information. I mean, I've had, um, you know, spot the lion. It felt like it was almost a competition. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> but but in theory, what Google's trying to do is re reduce the number of times you have to pick the pictures and more increasingly you tick the box and it, and it understands um, that you're human because it tracks things like mouse movements. And I think it's great. I totally agree with you. I think it's mm. a great thing to have done. I think it's going to be really cool. And, you know, as a non-geek turning into a geek, I think... I really like it when you see the big guys like Google coming in to save the B2B marketers. It's like they're, you know, Google's kind of like the savior to our problems. Um, but one cool feature that I quite liked on top of it, obviously you mentioned that Marketo has adapted this. It's going to allow automations to automatically delete submissions from bots. How is that going to work within the Marketo platform? So, 
it's really interesting and and there's lots of ways you you can do this and lots of ways you can set rules up but one of the things the new google capture does is it gives you a score um, which estimates how likely people are to be a bot and so what you could do for example is that you could start deleting based upon you know how likely people are to be humans or not and so i think it, it it's a it's a really interesting move it's not necessarily something I'd, I'd always feel comfortable about. I think it's, um, you know, automatically deleting things on the assumption they're not real people. Mm. That That's where you can get into trouble. Um, but, you know, I, I do think it's going to be a valuable addition. It's going to st start clearing out some of the rubbish. And I, we've all seen the obvious, you know, form stuffing things where you get 25 copies of exactly the same form that's meaningless rubbish. <laughs> you know, if Marketo can help us delete those sort of things, then eliminating the last one or two percent manually probably isn't so uh, painful. Yeah, I think you make some really interesting points there because it's not without risk, is it? That you you do run the risk of deleting actually a really valid lead, but even if it reduced, I don't know, ten percent of bots within your marketing automation system, you're already winning. You're already being more effective than you are now. Absolutely, I think anything that can help us is is always good, and these things will get better. Mm. You know, as Google learns more and more about how to identify bots and obviously it's a bit of a competition you know the the people running the bots they're really trying to out, out you know outfox google so you know it's kind of a bit of an arms race between the two sides but uh there's some smart people at google i've got a lot of confidence i in agree them. i mean this is version three so they're already on version three we're we're in good hands <laughs> on the topic of marketo something else that i think is quite cool of what they're doing is they've introduced a couple of new features with their forms and there's something i think that we're going to really like from an agency perspective perhaps not so much from our client perspective and one of these is actually giving permissions to certain people to make uh, changes to forms so not anybody can go in now and make changes that's going to be quite a cool concept when it comes to gdpr making sure everything's compliant what do you think yeah it's interesting I mean, we just talked about automation and now we're talking about Actually, what we need to do is limit the humans yes. that can be involved and get the right humans involved. It's like a, a completely different tack. But I think, you know, one of the things uh, we've seen is that there's a lot of forms companies that, you know, maybe 10 years ago, we'd say, well, market automation is going to kill dedicated uh, companies that just make form products. But actually, they've done incredibly well. They've grown and they've grown off the back that they offer a number of features that marketing automation tools don't. And the reason it's so important is, for example, if you let anybody who's got access to your market automation system create forms, there's a risk you might not, for example, connect GDPR consent. And then in theory, what you should be doing is deleting those contacts. In practice, what might happen is that companies then become non-compliant with the law, which is uh, clearly not what we want to be. So, mm -hmm. you know, it is very different. It's about managing humans rather than automating things. But I think, you know, actually ensuring that people who know and understand the legislation are the only ones that can actually deploy a form is a really good idea. Yeah. And I think as well, I mean, just today, I was listening to a podcast for Jotform for the other Napier podcast, and and he was mentioning some fantastic things around conversions and maximizing your conversion. So it really does allow the experts to get in there and be able to make sure we're maximizing the performance of the form without too many interfering hands. You got a great point, Hannah. I think it's not, you know, it's not just about legislation. It's also about optimizing the form. And that could be, you know, designing the form right to maximize conversions. Or it could be we've seen with some clients, for example, they need certain data on the form mm -hmm. um, in order to route it as a lead. You know, classically in America, you need to know which state somebody's in 
um, to be able to root as a lead. That's a very typical requirement. If you've got someone who doesn't understand that creating forms, they might leave state out for the American audience. And that's that's not good. Or they might leave it in for a European audience, which then becomes very difficult because certain countries don't have states. So I absolutely agree with you. It, it's a real benefit, not only in terms of compliance, but also in terms of actually the performance of the forms as well. Yeah. And I think actually it's a really good point you made about, you know, the US compared to other parts of the world, because at the end of the day, clients do use Marketo globally. So there'll be different constraints, different needs for each form on different websites across the globe. Absolutely agree. You know, you, you have issues like, for example, people will, will make zip code mandatory and then they'll run the form in Ireland and there's no zip code. So, um, you know, I, I think it, it's important to have an understanding of the issues globally. And sometimes it's not as simple as it sounds. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So we agreed earlier on today, Mike, that for our insightful tip of the week, we were going to talk about lead scoring. And I do know that we have some opposing views on lead scoring. So for me, I'm personally a big fan of lead scoring. You know, it's good to understand what actions lead to a quality lead, especially in a campaign, know what score relates to an action that's being taken by you know a consumer or a customer but I do also understand that it comes with some risks and it's not always the right sales tactic so could you give an example of where lead scoring perhaps isn't the right approach to take within a market automation platform well firstly you're not completely wrong there are some <laughs> uses for lead scoring but I would say that um, if you you look at lead scoring we see where lead scoring falls down is people get a bit too focused on it and they think just about hitting a certain artificial score and that then defines a lead. Now in general that can be right but actually in practice certain actions can be very very specific to towards quality. So if we look at Napier for example if someone comes and looks at our clients and our people that's a great indication they're a, a potential prospect. Now you can implement that on lead scoring mm -hmm. But the problem is, is most people go, well, I just don't want those two pages. That's too simple. I, you know, I can do all these things. I can look at downloads. I can look at email opens. I can, and they, and they create this complex model. And actually, basically, if someone comes to our website, looks at those two pages, that's the people we, we want to approach. So I think people over-engineer it sometimes, and they kind of expect that the more effort and complexity they put in, the better the result. And, and to me, that's where it goes wrong. You know, what you need to do is often look at simplicity. Um, and, and trying to avoid volume as well, you know, just looking at the number of things people do. I think it's a good point to keep it simple. And I'd be interested to hear your thoughts around. So for Napier, you're right. It's these people visit these two pages. You know, we know that they're a good lead for us. But market automation platforms are often used to align sales and marketing teams. So how does lead scoring actually help the sales team know what marketing actions to make sure that they're, you know, a sales qualified lead? Yeah, and I think this is the, this handover between sales and marketing is, is where it's difficult because what happens is you hand over a lead and go, it's got a score of 75, it's, it's a lead. And the sales team go, okay, and what does that mean? What do I say to them when I pick the phone up? And where I've seen people do things really well is they'll have relatively simple scoring sch uh, schemes. So, you know, a few things really move the needle in terms of the score and they'll record those key events. And obviously, Marketo has the ability to do this, particularly it's really good at recording key events, but other platforms will do the same thing in terms of lead history. But if you can communicate to the salesperson, this is a lead because this person did this and this, then that suddenly becomes incredibly valuable. So that there's some um, element of, you know, don't be 
you know, too much of a slave to, to a score. Don't try and make it too complicated. But equally, once you've got that lead that you feel is worth following up, explain to the salespeople in English why it's worth following up. Don't just give them a score. And, and that's really important. Yeah, it's definitely finding the right balance. It always is between the sales and marketing teams, but especially when it comes to lead scoring, what does the score actually mean for the sales and finding that right balance to make it effective? Totally agree. Totally. So we're coming up to the end of our time. So it's been a really insightful conversation today, Mike. Thank you. It's been great. It's always good to discuss things. All right. We'll speak next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Automation Moment podcast. Don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcast application and we'll see you next time.